The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course! We are dead! We are all dead! We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men with power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is even capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Live. David Block materialized at the Virtual Alexandria to investigate the Mercurial Azazel. Is this Archon a leader of the Fallen Angels, or the scapegoat demon in the desert? Or both? Is he perhaps just a shadow projection of dark guilt we don't want to face? David will answer these questions, going deep into Sumerian, Babylonian, and Atlantis lore for startling truths. There is no choice, as the book of Daniel, chapter 4, 17 states, This matter is by the decree of the Watchers. Plus, we need Gnosis more than ever in this age of Hermes, Philip K. Dick world, and Gnostic times. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or many of my guests and their unique insights, anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. So please, support in any way you can. And it's not hard to support. For example, you can simply pledge a dollar or three dollars a month on my Patreon. 
It really helps, and I can use all the help, as we all do. And as I always say, if you need an entire show but can't support right now, just reach out to me, and I'll be glad to give you the show at no cost. Another way to support, which actually provides you with incredible educational material, is to join the Virtual Alexandria Academy. Have you ever wondered what it means to be an Ostic? Explore the depths of ancient knowledge with our exclusive online course on Gnosticism and learn at your own pace. Immerse yourself in the mysteries of the ancient world and uncover secrets never revealed before. I've recently added the lessons Gnosticism and Stargates and the characteristics of Mary Magdalene. High octane Gnosis for ya. Check it out in the show notes. Other than that, let us to our latest AB Live. Write your own gospel, live your own myth. Surreal, you're not real. You're trapped in here, you are. Trapped in what? You said it yourself. We will never know whether the stimuli in our brains are caused by reality or just by the constructive one. Constructive one? This isn't real. This is a simulation. Plato's cave allegory. You're watching shadows on the wall. And you think that they're the reality. If you don't look over your shoulder. You would see what's causing those shadows. It's actually real. You forgot. Forgot what's real. But you have to remember. You have to wake up. Or there will be nothing left to wake up for. And your consciousness will be trapped in here forever. Welcome, everybody, to A-Live. Yeah, per the intro, Birdie Num Num. God is certainly not interested in technology because he is technology. He is AI, as we've been finding out. And what about his other manifestations? We will find that, find that out, too, today. So welcome, everybody. My name is Miguel Connor. I am still your pompous of Gnosis your madman across the waters of creation on this Friday, the year of our Demiurge 2023, March 3rd. Um, and I'm very excited about this show, a, very, a topic that always gets people interested. And our guest always brings unique insights and places that most people have not seen and where angels fear to tread. And that is David Block. David, as always, it's great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Thank you, Miguel. And how are things there in Sweden? Still cold, still dark? or Cold and dark, but the sun starts to shine. But madness is rampant in Sweden as <laughs> everyone else. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to change in this year of our Demiurge 2023. So. <laughs> and with us too, we've got the Moondog. And even this morning I said, God, I wonder what puns he might come up with with uh, Zazel and the Watchers. 
I don't know. I, I'm watching, that's for sure. And I hope a lot of other people are watchers out there, but not the bad kind. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, that's about all I could say. I'm doing okay. Waiting to watch. Watching to wait. Well, watcher in Greek is uh, egregory. So that's where we get oh, the term egregore. So uh, that's an interesting insight. But uh, obviously, yeah. reading Mark Stavish's great book, Egregores, which I highly recommend. Awesome. Well, uh, worry about a little uh, housekeeping later on. Um, next show, we were very excited to have Carl Abrahamson, who will be discussing his new book, Source Magic. So we'll find the origins, the magical origins of art, culture, and really our society from the shamanism to magic realism to so much. Carl always brings amazing insights, and you'll get that next week. For those of you in the audience, as always, if you have questions for David later on, please all caps, please question marks. There's no guarantees we'll get to them. We will definitely try, but if you have a super chat, uh, we'll make sure it gets addressed. Or if you want a super chat, a comment or anything else. And as always, we appreciate your support to keep the lights of the Pleroma on. Uh, other than that, yeah, audience already filling up, so it should be a good show. Anything you want to say before we get started, David, or you just want to hit the ground running? Yeah, I hope I will clarify some misunderstandings, and uh, I hope I will come up with some, some new things here. That's all, always my goal when I'm here, uh, and I think I will manage that. Awesome. Yeah. And um, it should be said, this is going to be a first part of the series. We're going to go on a journey yeah. with other archons, if you want to call them, entities, egregory, whatever you want to call them. So uh, get ready for an amazing ride, ride. So by the time spring gets warmed up, hopefully your soul will be warmed up to fight these entities or understand what they're all about. Uh, awesome. Well, then now we'll get the screen share started. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Do, 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 do. Uh, let's see. Where are you? Where are you, Azazel? Where are you? <laughs> okay, there you go. Aha, he is there. All right, David, go ahead and take it away. Okay. The first part called Azazel Poison and Redemption. And uh, many People view the watchers as, as the bad guys, and uh, that's a little bit of misunderstanding. And I think uh, it's very important for us to clear this up uh, because we will have to face uh, some truth in our age. Everything comes together right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big picture. And I will try to, to explain it in a as, as uh, cohesive as I can. And in the first part, I will talk about Azazel. And one important fact is that we have very few names of the Watchers. Azazel is one of them for sure. So the others in this series I'm going to mention is uh, we don't know if they are Watchers or not because we are missing most of the names. So I want to say that straight from the beginning. So I begin with Azazel because we know he is one of the watchers. 
Yes. Next. And we have to start in the Garden of Eden. And everybody knows about that story from the whole hmm, Sounds familiar, yes. <laughs> and I'm sure you have talked about it in many different uh, aspects of it and, and what, what, what happened there and many different ideas. But Azazel said he is the, uh, the snake in the tree of knowledge, tempting Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit. Now, it sounds like a bad thing. And it sounds like this Garden of Eden is a very good place to be in, so why leave, right? And I have to explain a little bit about this. And people who use method to, to get more insight or be more spiritual, whatever you want to call it, often uh, end up with, with a degree of spirituality where they are satisfied. They think they have achieved what they are supposed to achieve, or they declare themselves to be Jesus or reincarnation or Alice Crowley or whatever. And it's, it's a very dangerous state to be in, because if you're a spiritual contempt, you stagnate. You don't strive to get higher or, or to, to come closer to the creator, the light, whatever your aim is. Right. And this is the a state, Adam and Eve, had ended up in Garden of Eden. They were very close to the creator light. And uh, then, then you get contempt and nothing happens. We humans need something to, to strive for or uh, in, in struggle and in war. And, and, <laughs> and when we struggle, we rise up to the challenge. And there were no challenge in the Garden of Eden. It was only light. So the human race has stagnated and something needed to happen. Azazel tempted Eve to eat the fruit so a fall could happen. A fall from a high spiritual state, but that had become stagnate. Nothing happened. Then a fall, a shattering of, of the spiritual world, and the fall into materiality occurred. Let's just say, in an easy way, that now we have to struggle to go back again. But this time, we will know how hard it is to come to that spiritual state again and understand that we are not finished there. We have to climb all the way back. So in, in Lurian Kabbalah, you say, if you start this journey, you should finish it, never stop, just keep on going. And there are much more stories about this, of course. This is one aspect of it. And then we have the Abel and Cain thing. And Abel was the embodiment of a person who was contempt. And in a low way, we all know people like that. <laughs> they seem to have it too good. They are contempt, nothing. <laughs> they work, go home. They are satisfied. They don't strive for anything new or higher. Certainly not spirituality. And they are happy, so they say. But they are, nothing happens. 
Abel was one of those. And uh, Cain was an upgrade from the watchers. They upgraded him with the spark. And this spark they could ignite in order to, uh, to, to want something more, to feel there are something more outside this Garden of Eden, to be, uh, be not be contempt, but always strive for something more, an inner force. And he killed Abel because <laughs> Cain thought Abel was useless. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was content and it sounds harsh. And we're talking about, of course, evolution, and evolution is harsh. But this spark was planted in Cain, and the golem god, so they call him, the demiurge, wasn't pleased by Cain. And they knew he wouldn't be pleased, and they abandoned Cain. And of course, this was one of their plans because now they can see the plant, the spark, to transcend the demiurge creation outside of the Garden of Eden. So it was a plan from the beginning. And that's the story, because for them, the humanity have been in cage or in a trap or in a matrix in Garden of Eden. It wasn't good, because we was caught in this paradise prison and if you want to a prison for our mind if you want to call it that and of course this forbidden fruit is also the gateway to the tree of knowledge the cliffotic tree the dark tree but it is dark only because it is forgotten knowledge forgotten memories potentiality what we can be and that is dark because if you tell a person you can be something more you don't have to watch TV all day <laughs> you don't want to hear that you have to train you have to be active you have to push yourself that's not fun so people think because they're lazy it's easy to know you're useless and you will die and you have children and that's all there is to it and that's not good enough, the watchers think. Mm. You, we are here to push you to the brink of, of extinction if you don't tur turn the spark on and fight the demiurge, the golem god, and take back what's yours. And that state is even higher than the Garden of Eden. That is omnipotence to become like a god and Azazel is as a god and some say they are our old gods or ancient gods before the Anunnaki before the Olympic gods the Titans some, some will say mm. and this is their story and of course this is when we do a theurgy when we contact them and every human or no not everyone but many can come in contact with them through different techniques 
doesn't mean that we know everything. Sometimes you, you are <laughs> lost because they speak in very hard un to understand and so on. But I try to put these pieces together with the ancient, with Anunnaki gods and the Olympic gods and give you a, a big picture. I hope I will make it more clear or, or clearer. And so instead of the watchers, we should call them the coaches. Uh, yeah. They're trying to work out. Yeah. And uh, I have a question, but maybe, uh, David, if you could move your microphone maybe an inch up or down, or Vance can tell you where to is put it. The, yeah, just the mouth pops uh, occasionally. Yeah, your voice sounds fine, right, Vance? Yeah, just above your mouth is good. So yeah, yeah. The, the, that way the, uh, we don't wind. get. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is. Is the idea of Azazel that you're talking about being the serpent in the garden, the enlightener and all that, is that from Isaac Luria or is that from other occult circles? Uh, that is from Azazel himself. Oh. So this is their story. But I will tell you when I speculate, because of course they haven't given us the whole picture. And I, I will try to connect, connect the pictures together here for you and i will speculate sometimes and i will tell you when i speculate wildly of course mm -hmm. and this is from a channeling azazel yeah exactly okay, cool. yeah those angels either with john d they have they need better pr people or a secretary because they're always very incomplete or they give us symbols or abstract yeah. things. <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes they do and sometimes actually speak in very clear yeah, tone. Yeah. This is like to hear a voice inside your head. It's like to shift uh, a radio signal until you get the, right. the, the voice. Right. And then you hear it. But there are many problems, and we humans are limited. We, we, we don't understand everything they say. Uh, some of them like to speak in very symbolic terms, uh, and we have to figure out what they mean. I, so it's not that I know everything. I tell you the story and I try to connect the dots. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, and, and of course, Azazel is also the scapegoat because we project yeah. all our fears and shortcomings towards him instead of transform them. That's the idea here. Don't project your shadow against others. Not even a demon, <laughs> right? You should transform them, work with them from inside out. And that's his message. You can call me the scapegoat if you want, but that will not make you a bigger, that won't make you grow, that won't make you transform. And you will need it. You have to transform if you want to survive what's coming right now. Sorry to say, because the golem god is on on the on the rampage right now. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Next. Now we will turn towards the Anunnaki. Now we will come back to the watches. I know everyone wants to talk about the watches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to take you for a little ride, and I promise you to come back to the watches. We have to talk about Enuma Elish a little bit and to understand the Anunnaki gods. And the struggle between Tiamat and Marduk. And Marduk was the younger Anunnaki god. 
And the young Anunnaki god take over from the older ones, the Trinity, Anu, Enki, and Enlil. And they choose Marduk as their champion against Tiamat, Chaos. And he won the battle and took over as the god, gods of the gods. And the older gods, the older Anunnaki gods, uh, became more distant from the material world. And here is a very important thing. Marduk is not a god, he's a demigod, half human, half god. And I think when the celestial, when the stars changing, the old Anunnaki god had a, god had a hard time being here in material, as a material body. This text state very clearly that these gods were here among us. And you can believe it or not, it can be a myth or if you want to. But according to the Sumerian text, cuneiforms, they were here among us. But I think when time shifted and the stars shifted, they have had a harder time to be here in material form. Then Enki, I think he came up with a clever idea to mate with a human woman, to have a half-god with half DNA from a, from a human. And in that way, he had an easier time to be in material world with us still. And this is a very important thing. Second, uh, the champion Tiamat chose for her, the dragon, was Kingu. And another name for Kingu is Belial. Mm -hmm. And that is very interesting for Belial is, is very active in Atlant during the Atlantis days, the, the Atlantis era. And uh, the Kingu get defeated by Marduk. But so they say, we have the, the blood of So you can use your blood to get in contact with these forces. Also to say, they cannot imprison you. You can always get in contact with these forces. You can always escape. You, you have this blood boiling, this renegade, this uh, <laughs> uh, drive to stand up against tyranny and oppression. Of course, in, in the eyes of the Anunnaki, it's the opposite around. They saved us from chaos. Mm -hmm. But we, we need these forces, we need this polarity as well. Too much, much control, too much hierarchy, too much Saturn time, too much loss. Strangle us and keep us back religion, and so on, control system, society. Yeah, so we have blood of Kingu in our veins. And you can say, but it's not stated that Belial is one of the watchers. His name is not among the watchers we have. But it doesn't mean he ain't one, but we don't know. So take that as... Maybe. <laughs> yeah, next slide. 
All right. Yeah. I <clears throat> just wanted to say uh, some have said uh, Marduk was history's first dying and rising god man because in one scene, Tiamat eats him and he escapes. And, and during the battle, they thought, oh, no, he's dead, but he came back. So that's where the template came from. Like Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when he gets swallowed by the monster. So yeah. just thought I'd throw that in there. All right, yeah. next slide. And here we continue. I want to show you more clearly what I'm talking about, just to make it clear, because it's going to be quite advanced very soon when we come to the Atlantis time. Mm. And here we see the three older Anunnaki gods. And if you understand this, you can also understand some of the New Testament and where Jesus came from. Because Anu had two sons. One was Enlil and one was Enki. Mm. And Enlil's line considered to be farmers. And Enki's line considered to be shepherds. And of course, the Christian Gnostic complained that Jesus <laughs> wasn't not the Demiurg son, or he, did, right. he didn't work for the Demiurg. No, he was a shepherd. He was from Enki's line. He was a dragon king. And you have Anu, of course, the, the, the main god, but Anu didn't... Anu wasn't here with us just in the beginning for a short period of time before he just went away, faded away. But the other two gods in the stories in the Sumerian text, they were here among us. Yeah, next. And of course, this is the original trinity. And here they have the younger Anunnaki gods. And of course, there are much more gods. But when we talk about Anunnaki gods, we used to talk about this once. And that is more than enough because these names are very hard for some reason to remember. And not only for me, everyone has a hard time to remember these names. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, from the Enkis line, you have Marduk. And Marduk had a son, Nabu. And Nabu is one fourth of a god. So even more human DNA and easier for him to be active on the material plane. And this line of Anunnaki, uh, we attribute horned animals, snakes and reptilians to this line. And the only line, we attribute farmer animals, wheat, corn and agriculture. And uh, this Marduk will be very important. And he will be the main Anunnaki god from here on. And as I said, uh, Marduk was a half god. And that is very, very important to remember. Even though he was a half god, he was considered the god among the Anunnaki gods. Even though from the end of the line, you have gods, but a half-god was the main god, even though he had half-human DNA in, in him. The demigod became the god over the other gods, the younger Anunnaki gods. Yeah, next. 
And these gods had many names. So Enki was a god of magic and technology and water, the deep. Other names for him was Ea or Ia, Ia Yave, Pata in Egypt, and Poseidon in the Greek mythology. And remember Poseidon when we started talking about Atlantis. Enlil was god of space and air, and El was one of his names, and Jehovah and Yahweh, the old god in the, the god in the Old Testament. And someone many attribute him to the demiurge. And the Christian Gnostic said he is the demiurge. And one more of the younger gods, very important the Enlil side is Ninurta. And Ninurta is of course Saturn, Kronos, Sorvan. So Ninurta is the younger Anunnaki god who was supposed to take over the reign after Enlil, but did not because of Marduk. And a battle between these forces has has been very harsh, rage war against each other. And this Marduk, and this is very important now when it comes to Olympic gods, because other names for Marduk is Ra, Amon Ra, Aten Ra, Zeus, and Thor, or Thor in Sweden. And this is very <laughs> strange. <laughs> Because uh, Zeus is not a very nice god, <laughs> but Marduk is nice if you <laughs> if you talk about the Babylonian scriptures and the Babylonian Mardukites, of course, he's the hero. And Thor in, in uh, the Asa mythology is a very nice mm. dude. So it's very strange here. Now we try to put this together, all this myth and explain what's happened here. Yeah, next slide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Now we come to Atlantis and the beginning. And this period we can, when was it and, and when did it end? I, I think it ended like 12,500 years from now. Uh, maybe. Uh, and in the Greek mythology, it is Atlas, Prometheus and Poseidon who started at Atlantis. And this is very interesting because Atlas was a Titan, Prometheus was a Titan, and maybe a watcher. And Enki was Poseidon. He was a Titan, but he was an Anunnaki, older Anunnaki god. So he's not really Titan, isn't he? is he? Because he is something in between here. But in the Greek mythology, he become one of the Titans. Mm -hmm. But he's really something in between the Titans and the Olympian gods. He is the older Anunnaki gods. So they, they have made it a little bit easier here, or they try to uh, conceal something. But he, in the Greek mythology, this three are the one who starts Atlantis. But they are really a little bit different deities. And other gods who are very uh, bound to the Atlantis mythology is King Belial. And King is a titan <laughs> fighting against Marduk. And Enki is Marduk's father. <laughs> So what's going on here? <laughs> Other gods is, of course, Marduk Zeus, because some say it was Zeus who caused the flood. Mm -hmm. But according to others, it was Enlil who caused the flood and drowned Atlantis. So who was it? It seems like they like blend Zeus and, and Enlil together to uh, one uh, identity blend them together. So Anunnaki, younger god, is the main god in the Olympian uh, pantheon. But he is not a god, he's a demigod. Mm -hmm. A demigod is in control over the other gods in Olympian. And I think a way to explain it is because the stars have changed. So it's hard for other gods to be active on our material plane. Mm. But Marduk have an easier go in being 
something in between to, to be between the gods and us on the material plane. I think that's the reason why you have the title as the main god in the Olympian pantheon. But there's also a problem here, because if you have half human DNA, you will have the force of materiality in all the temptation that comes with it, like power, money, sex, all of the things we are <laughs> like yeah. fighting against because we want high we want to strive for higher things. And I really think that Marduk become corrupted by this. Mm. And I think the demiurge attribute Zeus may ho hold some strand of truth. But we also have Enlil, and according to the old text, Sumerian text, it was Enlil who started the flood. But Enki wanted to save his people, that yeah. his upgraded people, because he had sex with humans and upgraded the human DNA by dragon blood, they say. Mm. And I think here you have the answer to the strange the question from Prometheus the struggle with Zeus and Prometheus where Zeus uh, put up Zeus on, on <laughs> Prometheus on the mountain and sent his bird to pick his liver because he wanted to know what Prometheus knew you you can see the future or or divination with the liver so they think in right. Greece and what Prometheus knew it was, was that Enki wanted to save his bloodline from the deluge, from the flood. Right. And as told, said that they put Nama in Noah's boat and put the spark within Nama, the spark that could, could ignite our DNA so we could rise up again. Because this flood is not just a flood of the earth. It's a divide between us and the stars, or divide between us and the metaphysical. Now the Enlil or the Demiurge, Zeus, want to keep us down in materiality. They wanted to prison us, to divide us from the metaphysical realm. But with this spark, with Nama, we could ignite again and go back to the metaphysical. So Prometheus gave us the fire, the spark. And through Nama, we could find the spark again. Save us. And Prometheus knew that Enki would save his bloodline. And Zeus wanted to know what Prometheus knew new mm -hmm. yeah next slide so what what are they talking about we can travel the star by go within us we can we have a light center in our body we can push out and we can travel the stars and go through gateways. But these gateways is closed. 
and during uh, uh, sometimes in our history they're closed and we haven't access to them at all or it is very hard for us to have access to them but you can also do it through technology and i think the pyramids and the cigarettes uh, is part of that technology to travel the stars to open gateways and we have 15 fixed stars and there are more of course but there are 15 very important fixed stars and if we look at them we see for example Aldebaran and it's also called the eye of the bull you have Pleiades the seven sisters Antares the heart of the scorpion Algol the eye of the gorgon and Sirius the mouth of the great great dog and some of them we know Sirius they talk a lot about Sirius today and there's a reason for it because Sirius is the Freemason star mm. and it's also Enki's star oh interesting yeah and Enki took that star over after an older god called Dagon or Dagon but it's now Enki's star so Enki owns a stargate and Algol is Medusa's star a titan and Perseus cut the head of Medusa and it's to say there are more meanings to it there are more and more esoteric meaning it's meaning upon meaning but it's also to say the stargate is closed I have mm. decapitated yeah next slide a picture of Noah's Ark for those of you listen watch listening on a podcast yeah sorry yeah <laughs> oh that's okay that's okay as long as we describe it yeah we have a picture of Noah's Ark and this scene now I go to Lucifer a little bit Prometheus for <laughs> some reason that's the that's the the watcher or i have easiest to get in contact with and he has he liked the old bio, old testament he showed me pick scenes from the old testament and he doesn't speak he speak in symbolic terms he like to be vague he, he like to me to try to figure out what is he saying here Another thing I want to say about Lucifer is that, and I don't know, now I only talk about my experience, but when I get in contact with him, I feel the brain get divided in two parts, like this, and it's tingling, and it's like putting a um, diadem, a female, female regalia, or maybe that's the reason why they say lucifer is a feminine uh, energy i don't know mm. and then you see picture pour into head if you have seen the lawnmower man, lawnmower man when he's laying down yeah. you see flashes of sigils alchemical symbols <laughs> flash in front of you exactly the same and then you are there and I was laying on Noah's Ark and I saw a big seagull 
head crack open and, and uh, a raven came out uh, wow. towards me with the black olive uh, uh, olive uh, and, and jumped into my face and in Noah he, he let the raven loose didn't come back and wait for the dove now I, I there are more to that scene he showed me but this is what I have understood uh, from others conversation with what the watches and so on what Noah did was he tried to push himself towards the light it was never meant it was never meant to t to take ground because then he's back into materiality he crash landed in the material world he failed mm -hmm. with his attempt he should push himself forward into even farther away in the metaphysical space in the cliffotic tree to push himself farther farther away but scared he took ground or crash landed with his noah's ark and i know the the story is in symbolic terms and it seems that noah want to to strand his boat and so on. it's because of our fears mm -hmm. when you push yourself in the clefotic tree your face, your face is dark and then this madness there so it's, it's scary you need, you need to be brave <laughs> say that but the game is very interesting uh, that's the message lucifer sent me the first time is to push yourself deeper into the clefotic cheek deeper into the unconscious deeper into your darkness and lift it up and transform it so it becomes light all our potentiality is in of us in the black sun inside of us that is potentiality not realized what we can be is in there and if we can visualize it if we can see it then we can start to work on it but we cannot what we're not conscious about we cannot do anything about and this is, of course, done very deliberately to hold us back, to keep this darkness inside us, to say this is evil, this is dangerous. You should not look inside. You should not push yourself forward. And certainly not on the cliffotic tree. It's the evil, <laughs> the most dangerous no. thing you can do. Uh, that's what you should do <laughs> but don't do it if you're mentally unstable don't do it <laughs> if you're a narcissist or a psychopath but if you do it with the right intention then you should do it but do it very slow and with a method no one to back off no one to push forward And Lucifer thought that I was too slow. So what he said, time to work, push yourself further away. So he sent me this raven. Mm. You should go even deeper down the cliffotic tree to unlock even more 
secret stuff. Yeah, next slide. And this gift is the gift of mankind. This is your birthright to ignite your DNA again that lays dormant and you do it from within. There are 22 strands of DNA that is shut down according to the to Billy Al, if I remember correctly. And you can ignite them with the Hebrew letters, 22 letters. So this is not like the <laughs> It's easy when we talk about the use. Uh, you worship the golem, demure god, and you have the even. No, this, the Old Testament is a battleground between different ideas. Mm -hmm. And I will come to that soon. But the greatest weapon you have is your DNA. Mm. Because when you have realized that you can ignite what they call the junk DNA within you, with method, then they cannot stop you. And the demiurge, the archons are here to convince you that this is junk DNA and you are only an animal in a cage. Nothing can be further from the truth. And you have to, you are going to have to decide this. So I'm not just, this is not just stories. They will come to you. Will come to a point where you have to decide for yourself what you are or what you should be, and these forces will push you to it. Yeah, we have a DNA strain, strain here and the Hebrew 22 letters for Hebrew, and they are very powerful tools, and you can use them as mandalas as, mandalas as well if you want, and you can have effects uh, with them. So you don't have to go to the darkness straight away. You can <laughs> use a little bit <laughs> softer method to begin with, like tarot or right. Hebrew letters, and get used to it. Yeah, next slide. So here we have Sol Invictus Mithra. And I was, uh, want to hammer ham a point here. And that is all the symbol have meanings upon meanings upon meanings in it. So if they say, well, it's this, a symbol for the zodiac who shift time from Taurus to the ram, <sighs> that's a very exoteric understanding. If you mm. go deeper, we can see here a dog, a snake, and a scorpion, and Mithra himself killed the bull. I remember when I talk about Medusa, Persis. And Mithra is the sun, and the dog is Sirius, and the snake is Algol, uh, and the, the scorpion is Antares. Four stargates slay a fifth stargate, the bull, Aldebora. So it's to say they kill off a stargate, or close a stargate. Four stargates open, one is down or gets slain. And Enlil 
is the pull of heaven. Mm. So here you have four stargates, kill endless stargate. Play this, or no, sorry, sorry. Aldebara is his st uh, fixed star. And Aldebara is behind the neck of the bull. So here you have four stargates, kill the a fifth stargate, Aldebara. And one more thing very interesting in this Sumerian myth, they are not talking about our sun that much. Our sun should be the most important uh, yeah. sun. Uh, but they are talking about Jupiter and Saturn. And all of this three is gas giants. And all three are star gates. Two are turned off or dead, and one is alive, our sun. So our sun is also Stargate, and I think connected to Sirius, the sun behind the sun. And Sirius number is 33, it is Enki's sun, and it's the black sun. And if you open Stargate in our sun, our sun will turn black. And only us, uh, the outer brim of the sun is shining, the rest is totally black. And you will see small stars within the blackness of the sun. This is like you open a stargate to another place in our cosmos or in our Milky Way or to, to Sirius. I don't know where you can travel, but <laughs> be careful. <laughs> there are many stargates, not only up there, there yeah. are also stargates inside our Earth. Yeah. Yeah, next slide. So, for example, they found this clay tablet, very old one. And uh, it's a fragment of a circular clay tablet with depiction of constellations, planisphere, and it's Neo-Assyrian. And it says Enlil Stargate. The path of Enlil is between Alpha Aretis and the Plow Triangulum. So it's a Stargate map. Very interesting artifact. A couple of time, uh, dates 3300 BC and 13,000 years, and which happens only once every 13,000 years, and that is what this planisphere is all about. Mm. Therefore, some stargates are open, it's, but closes, and then it, it's shut closed for a very long period of time. And I think that is what happened to the old Anunnaki gods. They had a hard time coming here. Mm, makes sense. But if you have Marduk, half god, half human, then he can yeah, hold him back or try to yeah, live in the on the material plan, plane among us.
Yeah, next slide. A very interesting pyramid, the Bosnian pyramid of the sun. Discovered not so far long, far ago. And they, they have uh, excavated it. And in one tunnel, they found runes. Mm. This is very interesting because the runes are supposed to be just a couple of thousand of years old. Right. But this was 8,000 years old. I don't remember how they came to that date. So you have to check it out for yourself. I'm sorry. But they managed to, to read what's, what is said. And the text was, gate is closed. We are on standstill. Wow. We have to fight to defense and conquer until we're able to go through the star gate. So the star gate is connected to the pyramids or the cigarettes. Very interesting. Yeah. And I think it was the Anunnaki gods who built them and it was Enki's line who built them. Enki also intermarried with humans and Enlil didn't like that at all. So they were in war with each other. Remember Enki was the god of magic and technology. And people doesn't really grasp that, I think. Esoteric and technology goes hand in hand. When the technology becomes metaphysical, then it's magic. Uh -huh. Such as UFOs, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, next slide. And we see similar uh, phenomena on the Giza plateau on the three pyramids. And they are connected to the Orion belt, the free belt in Orion. And the free belt of Orion is pointing towards Sirius or Enki star, the dog star. Stargate to Sirius. The sun behind the sun. And the Bosnian pyramid of the sun pointing towards our sun, Helios. So it's a stargate towards, towards Sirius to open up a gate to these forces. And I think there are one more agenda here and a darker mm. one. <laughs> Next slide. Because there are a legend, the story goes or the myth goes that Anunnaki gods were here to mine gold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. No. Sorry to say. Um, it is true that they needed gold for the project as a technology. Because gold, electricity, is, gold is very good to conduct electricity. Mm -hmm. and I think you will find a lot of tunnels beneath our earth connected with the pyramids and other technology. And these tunnels are gold-plated to conduct electricity. So you have a nuclear plant device, 
but the pyramids are there to uh, transport solar energy from a, from one sol star to another to mine gold, sun energy, sun gold. And the question has to be asked, and it's only a question: Is Saturn a mind sun? Mm -hmm. And our sun, Helios, does Helios take its source energy from the other side? And if you can turn it on, you can also turn it off. Take energy from it or give energy, energy from, to it. Then you can manipulate with the, with the sun. And if this sounds too far-fetched, yes, I agree. What I'm saying is that we have had a type two civilization on this planet before, because mm -hmm. that's the first thing a type two civilization would manage is to manipulate solar energy or stars as source energy. And I think Tesla was very close. And I think that's the main reason why he had to go yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> and an even darker agenda. And now we come to the watches. Because they are talking about turning our DNA and turn it on. 22 strands of DNA they have turned off, we can turn on. Mm. But what we can do, going within and transform us from within mentally, others can do with technology. And this is from an internet side, chemistry word. And the headline is gold chains give DNA semiconducting powers. And it says DNA has been given an overhaul with the addition of chains of gold ions that turns this molecule of life into a semiconductor. The work builds on the growing files of DNA-based nanomaterials, which could provide low-cost nanoscale device fabrication and the generation of self-assembling electronic circuits. Was Anunnaki here to mine solar gold and human gold energy DNA? And if so, isn't that what they are doing right now? Hmm. Then we have come, come full circle. And in the last part, I will talk about Abaddon or Apollyon, mm -hmm. who are talking about that. But for now, I have to leave that behind. But remember this. <laughs> Next slide. These Anunnaki gods, sorry if I'm nagging about <laughs> them, but one important thing is that there are war against among them. They are not friends. And the hard divide is between them and the lengthy line. But we can also see here among them that the number 50 shows up, both in Marduk Ninurta and Enlil. And that's the position of Jupiter. And, and Jupiter, Saturn, there are always war over those planets. 
And as I told you before, I think it's a Stargate. I think it's a gas uh, giant, and maybe Saturn is a mine sun. And if it's a Stargate, then they are as important as our sun, depending on where they lead to and what you can do with them. But the war among the Anunnaki is um, uh, about Jupiter and mm. Saturn. And if Enlil lose his position, then it was Ninurta who was supposed to take his place. And Ninurta is Saturn. And then Ninurta would have the number 50 attached to, to him instead of Enlil. It means he controlled both Jupiter and Saturn. Two stargates, two suns, if you want to. And it, 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 the war is over those positions. And Marduk took that from them. Zeus and Enki helped him to do so. But I think Marduk get corrupted oh. when because of this materiality, because of his DNA was half human, half divine. And also we see the misconception between Enlil and Marduk here, because both has Jupiter among the energy make up, mental make up. And I think Zeus is something between Enlil and Marduk. Mm. The Demiurge. The Christian Gnostic said it is Enlil. And Jesus father is Enki. So they, and Enki is considered to be the devil. <laughs> the Christian consider him to be the devil. So you no. understand the conflict between the Christian Gnostic and the Christians. Uh, it was a harsh to wind there. Yeah, next slide. This artifact was found not so long ago by Klaus Donner. He didn't found it. They told him that it existed. And it's the pyramid with the eye. And they managed to read the signs. And it says, the son of the creator comes. And the triangle showing Sirius. And it's... Uh, 6,000 years old. And of course, Sirius is Enki's star, fixed star. So maybe this is a, a reference to Enki and an attempt to open the stargate for Enki, mm -hmm. for him to come in again. And the eye, of course, is a reference to or, or, or Marduk or Horus' right. eye. And that is Enki's son and son's son, grandson. So the son of the creator comes from here, Sirius, Enki, the dark star, the sun behind the sun, the black sun, or the number 33 the Freemasons' highest number in Royal Ark Freemasonry. And there you have it, my beloved True Seekers. 
David really tearing down the veils for a reality that is harsh, but so liberating for us veterans of a thousand psychic wars. The Gnosis continues in our second part, and David provides solutions to combat the Gollum God that is the Demiurge. Don't miss it. So please support this Red Pill Cafeteria for the full show, or if you just find any value in the content. It will cost you less than a buck per episode, and that's a deal of your many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics are more critical than ever in this Philip K. Dick world and Gnostic times. But this is our time to shine like crazy diamonds. We hide priests and priestesses of Hermes the God of Thieves and Sophia the Goddess of Smugglers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.